Hey fitness fam, do you oftentimes find yourself lost in the world of fitness? Do this, eat that, never eat more than X amount of carbs, be the skinniest girl out there. You know, the typical gym rat expectations society has somehow deemed acceptable. Are you an athlete struggling with burnout or worried about your mental health? Well, look no further. My name is Leah, and I'm currently a grad student getting my master's in high altitude exercise physiology. This podcast is focused on learning physiological fitness, unmasking fake fitness concepts, and advocating for mental health. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Also, disclaimer, I am not a doctor or licensed health professional, yet. I am simply just a poor grad student living in the mountains, trying to make a career in healthcare. If you hear any health tips you think would benefit you, please, please, please consult your doctor before making any changes. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Exercise Unmasked. On today's episode, we'll discuss a highly disputed clinical topic of, you guessed it, ice. Now, you're probably thinking, why is ice a clinical battleground? It's just ice. Well, the confusion stems from various definitions and opinions, which lead to mistreatment. ICE and the application of it has been a battleground for several years now. Now, let's look at this from an EBP standpoint. What do we know about ICE and its application? We know that cold can numb an affected area, it can reduce pain and swelling, it can also reduce inflammation by decreasing the amount of blood flow to the area. And some studies even show that the longer the application, the deeper the treatment. And those are just a few basics, but essentially, ice is good, right? Let me explain a few surface basics of cold physiology. In terms of, I guess you could say, profile of temperature changes, heat is moved by conduction. Conduction is when heat is transferred through a substance or surface when there is some kind of electrical potential difference between the two surfaces without movement of material, right? So when surface temperature decreases due to icing, heat is conducted from subcutaneous tissues to the surface and spreads lower. This then cools the deep layers if the ice modality, like a regular ice pack, doesn't warm up or is on long enough. If you take the modality off, thermal gradients in the tissue remain. This also helps the deeper tissues to decrease temperature even after cold is removed. So diving into the controversy, most people believe that using the RICE method is the most effective way to treat an injury with ice. You know, rest, ice, compress, elevate, all that fun stuff. But over recent years, more and more studies are being published, peer-reviewed of course, that prove this glorified rice method isn't the way to go about things. The rice method is designed to stop and slow inflammation, which will delay recovery. And I just wanna clarify, I'm not talking about ice in like the first few hours or even like a day after injury. I'm talking about after the first initial acute response. Within the first few hours, ice is necessary to mitigate and control the inflammation from going completely out of control. Trust me, I've seen what happens when ice isn't on the body within the first few hours after a big injury, and it's not fun. But we know inflammation is a sign of recovery. So, um, little background info, sorry if I kind of nerd out, I'll try to keep this basic, but 
During inflammation, the body is going to do several things to kickstart this process. It's going to want to protect itself, whether that be from pathogens in the blood or substances from somewhere else, and it's going to do everything it can to fix itself. After the initial response and injury, the blood vessels are going to dilate or increase, which will lead to an increase in permeability. This permeability can lead to fluid leaving the vessel and accumulating in the surrounding tissues, causing what we call edema. The endothelial cells are also activated and cause the white blood cells to come to the injured site and begin repairs. Now I'm trying to make this as somewhat basic as I can because the inflammation process is, I think, the craziest thing about our bodies and can get super complex. But basically, the inflammation process is the body's way of alerting chemicals and other cells that it's been hurt and needs help. When the blood vessels dilate, blood flow becomes slowed, and that blood flow is what carries the white blood cells and other aiding substances to the site. Think of this like a busy highway with hella traffic backed up. When an ambulance or cop car needs to get through, it's hard, right? They can't get up to full speed, and while a good law-abiding citizen like us moves over, there is still a delayed response because the traffic is so slow. Same thing in our bodies. This is our lymphatic system at its best. Going in, draining excess fluid that causes the inflammation, and removing all the bad stuff around the injury site. But all this swelling in the longer term can make your body stiff and decrease your range of motion, making things tight and overall just causes more damage and problems. So when people say rest, ice, compress, elevate, they are essentially constricting the vessels and cause harm or even a slowed response to our recovery process. And this is where some of the confusion comes from. Instead of treating this type of injury passively, like waiting for your body to essentially get its together, we should be more proactive instead. Again, me with the cliche quotes again, but movement is medicine. This is essentially for promoting a healthy circulation around the area, and a licensed PT or someone who genuinely knows what they're doing will be able to dive deeper and provide a more in-depth treatment than icing or something superficial. This proactive approach can also avoid muscle atrophy and gives a better pathway to full range of motion, recovery, and why we need to keep moving when we get sore. This is why I'm kind of starting to believe ice is a placebo after a significant amount of time from injury date. Now, PTs, don't come at me. This is just my opinion from observations I've seen and the education I have received so far. There is very little research on the positive impacts of ice in the long term. And I feel like instead of focusing on the, oh look, your swelling's gone down, your scar looks great, blah, blah, blah. We should focus on, oh, look how your strength has improved, your balance has improved, your endurance on that knee has improved. When we focus on the mobility and proactive aspects of injury, we see better results and quicker recovery time. Overall, over-icing causes more harm than good. Icing in like the first 12 hours is essential to only mitigate damage. And finally, motion is medicine. We need to think more proactively instead of isolating and decreasing range of motion in these common areas. Like I said in the beginning, I'm just a poor grad student. So if you are experiencing any pain or swelling, 
please go to a doctor or PT to have it checked out and get the proper help you need. Thanks for listening to Exercise Unmasked. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see y'all next time.